Hallelujah. Are you? Did you come to receive today? Hallelujah. Well, just for the record, what happens when you come to receive? You'll receive. Amen. If you come to receive, you'll receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. We, uh, last week, um, of course, we've on a lot of our Sunday services, we have been uh, talking about being overcomers, and I've been doing that all year long, and we're into December, still talking about it, praise the Lord, and uh, we've, uh, in recent weeks, been talking about living a, a disciplined life, because sometimes, um, you know, sometimes the reason we don't overcome some things is we don't live real disciplined about some things, and even though you might have all available unto you to overcome something, if we don't stay disciplined about a few things, uh, you know, you kind of end up right in the back, you know, right back in the same old boat you was in before. Of course, that no, it probably never happens to nobody here, it's all those other people. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, you know. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, we have uh, been, you know, talking about a disciplined life, and and uh, last week started talking about really uh, being disciplined in the area of our attentiveness to God when God's trying to communicate and talk to us and lead us through things. And uh, so I'm going to, uh, again, kind of take it from where we were last week and kind of dig a little deeper with that. And we're going to go back to one of the verses we started with last week, and that's out of John 14. If you will turn to John 14, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many want results? Amen. You know, a lot of folks uh, say they want results, but when it really just comes down to it, they want relief. And um, so, you know, relief's good. Don't get me wrong. You know, especially when you need relief, it's wonderful. But how uh, I many know you just can't live life just going, you know, living by always wanting relief, getting out, you know, getting the relief from your issue, your pressure, whatever. It's better to get results, get on the other side of this thing where you're overcoming and conquering like you should be. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so really in a lot of ways, this is kind of where we're coming from, kind of the angle we're coming at this. And uh, the, the Lord said this. We're going to read uh, something He had said. He said in verse uh, 12 of chapter 14, He says, He, uh, most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in Me, how many believers in the house? Okay, about 50% of you, okay? So let's do an altar call, all right? Uh, for those that don't know the Lord and need to know the Lord. How many in here believe in Him? Amen. So that's pretty important, you know, because uh, if you believe in Him, and, and really the implication is if you'll trust Him, you'll entrust or trust Him because it's key, all right? Most assured I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, amen, he will do also. Who, who, who will do? We the believers, right? Those that are believing or trusting in him. In other words, the same things, the same works that he did, we shall do also. And as we, we talked about some of these things. You know, a lot of times when we read this verse, uh, your mind, you know, usually runs to the fact, you know, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, and, uh, you know, all the things that he did to, uh, bring freedom and liberty and salvation into the lives of people. And we're not excluding that because it's exactly, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly accurate, praise God. But I wanted to challenge your way of thinking a little bit 
uh, starting with you know last week, and again we're going to do it again this week. That the works uh, you have to also understand that part of what he did was uh, he was led by God, heard God, and was able to diffuse or uh, to uh, turn around to uh, to give insight and understanding when conflict was around. He could come in the middle of that and just through a word of God, Amen, change something, turn something around. All of a sudden. There was all kinds of issues, and now all of a sudden it's done. It's gone. And uh, those are things, uh, as we brought out last week, God's trying to do the same thing through you and me. Amen. Those same works. Amen. Um, part of what happened, too, with these works, uh, when you see the life of Jesus, um, you know, he always ended up being in the right place at the right time. He was pretty successful. Amen. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we have a tendency uh, to look at that and say, well, of course. <laughs> I was like, that's Jesus. <laughs> I mean, the Son of God. I mean, I mean, he's, of course he's going to be in the right place at the right time. But Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. But what I see the Father do, that's what I do. And what I hear the Father say, that's what I say. And so Jesus said, the same works that I do shall you do also because the same God that's speaking to him is the same God that's speaking to you. The same God that shows him things, the same God that wants to show you things. Amen. As we brought out last week, the beginning of the week, or beginning of the service especially, uh, that God has made your ear to hear and made your eye to see. It's not talking about physically, but talking about, amen, able to hear when he speaks and be able to see things when he shows you things. Amen. But we have a tendency to not be disciplined enough just to settle down and give God an opportunity to speak or to show us things. We have a tendency to just kind of move along and bump along in life, and we get more moved by what we see, more moved by how we feel, more moved by what somebody said, more moved by the senses, more moved by our fears, more moved by our insecurities. Do I need to go on? These are things that begin to happen that have a tendency to sometimes dictate. The whole time God was trying to speak to us, trying to show us things. And I'm a firm believer in this, and I've said it many times, and, and probably will say it many more times, is I believe that uh, for the most part, we have, as a body of Christ, have missed out on many miracle signs and wonders, have missed out on many leadings and biddings and promptings, have missed out on many opportunities because we were too busy being more moved by natural things than we ever did to settle down, amen, walk in the rest of God, and hear from heaven. Are you still with me? We might be amazed at how many things would work out, how many times God was going to show Himself strong if we would have just, amen, just gave Him an opportunity to speak. Gave Him an opportunity to show us something. Amen. Instead of being all caught up and being all worked up and, and then, uh, you know, trying to handle it in our own strength. And how many know that that pretty much only goes about so far? Let's try that again. That only goes about so far. Amen. Anytime we try to do everything in our power, uh, you, know, we're, you know, when you do everything in your power, you're, you're, you only can go as far as your power. But when you do things in His power, we can go as far as His power. That's why, you know, in Him, there's no limits. In Him, nothing's impossible. Amen. You know, God has shown Himself, you know, you think about all the things that have happened, uh, both Old Covenant and New Covenant, where God showed Himself strong. 
And all it was, it came to by a leading, amen, spoke to a prophet or spoke to the man of God or, or spoke to one of the disciples or spoke to the Lord or spoke to Paul or, or Peter or John or something, amen. Hallelujah, David, King David, times when the Spirit of God would speak something, Joshua and all that God did there, amen. And Moses, how God would speak something and all of a sudden they just follow and do what God said and then God shows up. How many times, even in the life of Jesus, amen, in ministering to somebody, he ministers to somebody, and the Word says he would give them an instruction, and as they went, something happened, amen, because they were willing to follow it, praise God, amen. Now, a lot of, you know, I kind of get preachy on this, but to me, I feel like this is like one of those key things in our life. If you want to be, if you want to walk to sing right and be successful, this is how it works. Let's let God be God. Uh, let's try that one more time. Let's let God be God. Yeah. Amen. Let's believe in Him. Let's trust in Him. Amen. And then the works that He did, Amen, we'll do also, and even greater works than these uh, we will do. Why? Because He's gone to the Father, it says. Now, verse 13 says, and whatever you ask in my name, in other words, under my authority, my jurisdiction, amen, you come to me and I'll do it, amen, that the Father, why? Well, the Father will be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, amen, now he says this, if you'll love me, amen, if you'll put your, your love in me, if you'll actually love me, amen, then, then you're going to keep my commands, my utterances, it means, amen. It's not just talking about like the Ten Commandments. It's talking about as God speaks, an utterance, something said, something proclaimed. If you love me, then keep it. When I, when I give you an instruction, do it. If you believe in me and you say you love me, then why wouldn't you do it? Right? I mean, it, take, it does take, some, it does take some, some faith. It takes some believing, some trust. Amen. It does take... Uh, you know, your uh, you know, willingness to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Because sometimes, you know, the strength, you know, dealing kind of, you know, dealing with the, you know, the body, uh, the soul, you know, dealing with, you know, the, you know, that soulish realm, the will, the emotions, all the feelings, all that stuff's wrapped up in that. And if we can't love God with all of that, then those things start dictating. Then when you, you know, you said in your heart, it's like what Peter says, Lord, I'd even die for you. And he's thinking, you know, he's going to pull out his sword. Of course, he proved that, and that's how he's going to do it. And God says, you put that thing away. And it was only a matter of minutes, basically. Standing by a fire and some little girl says, ain't you the one who used to walk with him? Do stuff with him? They go, I don't even know what you're talking about. Dude, I thought you just said you'd even die for him. The knight didn't even get up and he'd already backed down. Why? Because of these things we're talking about. Amen. So you believe in him and you love him, then, you know, as he begins to talk to you, let's be willing to follow it. I said, let's be willing to follow it. Um, Thursday night, uh, we... We do uh, ministry in, in um, uh, Deer Ridge uh, Correctional Facility, and they're in Madras. And uh, um, been kind of working through some things uh, the last few weeks, uh, talking about 
uh, you know, following God and uh, saying some similar things. And, and uh, Thursday night talked about um, just the, the simple instructions. It's just they're simple instructions. I mean, he never gives anything complicated. It's a simple instruction. It's always simple instruction. It's simple but not always easy. The reason, because the emotions and the feelings and the fears and the insecurities and all those stuff, the head games, the mental warfare, all the stuff that goes with that, sometimes what you got to overcome. Am I right? It's always simple stuff. Take up your bed and go. Now, wait a minute. That's just way too much instruction, buddy. <laughs> go show yourself to the priests. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. Ain't nothing hard about it. March around the city for seven days, one time a day, and in the last day, march seven times. And in the end, shout, a victory shout. Nothing complicated about it. But you can imagine the head trip. You can imagine the mental warfare while you're marching around a city and everybody's wondering, what the heck are you doing? Am I right? Think about stuff. It's always simple instructions, amen, but it's always the, you know, the, the mental warfare, uh, the insecurities, the fears, and that kind of stuff that have a tendency to make it more complicated than it is. Are you still with me? So if you believe in Him, if you love Him, then you'll walk and keep those, those utterances. That word just means utterance, amen, something spoken, amen. Now, how many know when God speaks something, it's not a suggestion? Now, come on, it's not a suggestion, not some friendly, you know, just, you know, lightweight suggestion. You know, if you feel like it, go ahead. No, you got you to look at it when God speaks. Amen. There's a reason for it. Amen. Okay, so anyway, verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Praise God. Everybody say, you need help. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, I also need help. <laughs> Amen. Well, he gave us the helper, right? That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Well, the reason they can't receive him because they don't see him. They can't see him. And they don't know him yet, right? But the word says that, but you know him, for he not only will dwell with you, but will be in you. And then he goes on to say, I will not leave you orphans or without help or fatherless, right? But I will come to you. Amen. Accompany you. Amen. Appear. One, one, one of the synonyms for that is. Amen. Another one is, uh, I will literally voice or to pass on or to pass on instruction or a voice to you. Amen. So, with that said, amen. How many know he's still talking? He's still leading. He's still trying to, you know, walk us through this thing. Come on now. And this is how it works. All right. So, with that said, uh, we're in the Gospel of John. So, let's back up here a few chapters. And let's go to chapter 10, all right? Kind of take you into what we want for you today. Amen. Chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Uh, now, Jesus said this. Now, there's a lot said in this chapter, and we're not by any means going to be able to exhaust what's all being said and done in here, so we're going to kind of come at this in more of a simplistic way um, because I definitely know there's a lot more being said in here. But but just on the uh, on the... Uh, you know, with the understanding of what we're dealing with, what we're talking about, and kind of bring it, bringing it out in that angle there. Verse 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you look like a good blue ribbon sheep. That's 4-H talk, by the way. Anyway, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Because that's really the key, isn't it? Amen is following. Amen. Hearing and following. Praise God. So with that said, let's back up uh, a little closer to the beginning of the book, or chapter here, verse 3. Let's just try that. Uh, it says, to him the doorkeeper opens. I know we're kind of coming in the middle of a statement here, but he says this, and the sheep hear his voice. Amen. Talking about a good shepherd here. And... He calls his own sheep by name. All right, makes it personal. Okay, and he leads him out. Okay, so, uh, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads him out. Now, just for whatever it's worth, um, it probably fit in here in a bit anyway, but. Um, um, I believe it's the last chapter of the book. I want to say chapter 21. I believe it's the last chapter of the book. And Jesus is talking to Peter. And he kind of, he kind of clarifies that, uh, you know, it's not uh, just sheep, but also lambs. He makes a distinction between lambs and sheep. Okay, now that's, that's that, you know, I, that probably comes up here um, because not everybody, uh, you know, maybe is, is totally mature yet. They just got into this thing. They just come into this thing. They're just still growing and developing in these things. Come on. Um, but his sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, making it personal, and then he leads them out. All right, so uh, let's define this a little bit. Okay, so uh, hearing his voice just means to give audience to, uh, to come to the ear. Uh, one of the uh, uh, words used, it's, it's actually kind of an old King James word, uh, but it's the word hearken. And uh, the reason it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good word for this, because hearken means to hear with the intent to follow. So his sheep actually hear with the intent to follow. It's a big, big deal. Okay, it means a lot, okay, because some people may be hearing things, and we know by Scripture there's a lot of ways that um, the Word says that we can um, maybe not give heed uh, to what He says. In fact, I don't, I just kind of throw it out here, but the Word says uh, that we can reject what He says. The Word says we can neglect what He says. The Word says we can ignore what He's saying. The Word says that we uh, could get offended by what He said. And then not do it because we're offended. Come on. The Word says that you could, uh, you could walk foolishly, thus not do what you should do. Come on. Uh, the Word says not, by not discerning things properly, and which we, maybe we might, we might kind of hang out there a little bit, but... Uh, so, anyway, we're talking about uh, having an ear to hear. His sheep hear His voice. Everybody say voice. Now, the meaning and reason He says it the way is because God's still talking. Okay? And He calls His own sheep by name. Amen. And He then leads them out. Uh, earlier it says He calls, and then this word leads, and the word calls means to bid aloud, the word 
To lead means to literally uh, to order steps. Uh, in other words, to give direction, clarity, insight, whatever. He leads them out. Now, um, Romans 8, uh, maybe just throw that up. I can't remember if I gave you that verse or not, but Romans 8 and 14, he says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Look at your name and say, that'd be a good thing to be right there. For as many as are led, so obviously the implication is not everybody is, okay, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God. It says these are then, he calls in this text, sons of God, which is the Greek word weos, okay, and the word sons can be two different Greek words. Uh, some refer to the sons or children is the word techna, okay, which means really just ones that have come into the fold, ones that have just come, you know, they're just come in. Uh, they're young, they're, they're not, not fully developed yet. But the word sons, weos, means disciplined ones or mature ones, amen, ones that know better. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out here because I think it's worthy of saying uh, our maturity level in God has nothing to do with how long you've been saved. Nothing to do with it. Okay. Now, you'd think, that all of us have been saved a long time, that we would be mature. Uh, but maturity is based on how well you hear and follow. And that plays out throughout the Scripture, especially through the New Covenant, brings out quite a lot. So it's based on how you hear and follow. So your maturity level is based on that. So that's what he's kind of talking about here. So uh, back to John 10. Let's go back there. Let's again hit verse, uh, where were we at here? Verse... Three, to him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. God's wanting to still do that. Now, it says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep, here we go, what? Follow him. They follow him. Because that's key, right? Uh, so they follow him. That word means to accompany. Or to be, literally it means to be in the same way with, all right? To jump in right behind and follow, amen. Okay, and we've, we've touched on that on, with one of our midweek services on the, another topic we were dealing with. Uh, but they follow him, and it says, for they know his voice. Okay, this word to know just means to be aware, perceive, uh, literally to understand, uh, to have the knowledge of, surety, but it, it refers to some level of discernment, okay? Now, in fact, go to the next verse. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, right? Now, stranger, uh, let's bring this out. It just means uh, the voice of another or belonging to another or contrary to or a different, of different kind, okay? But it, it means the voice of another is primarily what it means. Now, what he's saying is this, okay, if we're going to be you know, people that follow God, then we can't give heed to the voice of another. It says they will by no means follow a stranger. Now get this, but they will flee from him. Now some texts say you resist him. This particular text here says that basically what it means is, is I, that, that, when that when that other voice is talking, it's like, ah, no thank you. Now that's just as important about following God as getting a word from God, come on somebody, and doing it. Because there's other voices. 
Now, of course, we look at this and we say, well, it's probably talking about the enemy, which of course it is. But, but in context, uh, you know, it's dealing with, uh, you know, th- other voices that come into the uh, household and, and try to speak and try to do. And uh, then it goes on talking and even refers to him as a thief that comes stealing, killing and destroying. The bottom line is we do, we simplify it and we say the enemy and we say the devil himself or whatever. But it goes beyond just, just the voice of the enemy. Amen. There's all kinds of voices out there. And the idea is, amen, that we've got to be just as discerning, come on, that when the voice of a stranger or enemy speaks, amen, that we don't give it place. For they do not know the voice of strangers. In other words, they will not heed, amen, or yield to the voice of strangers. Can I hear a big amen? Now, again, back up verse 4, and at the end of that, and it says, for they know His voice. Okay. Now, this word here, um, as I said, it refers to an area of discernment, okay, and, you know, talking about a, a keen perception. Now, this is important, right? When you start thinking about, this is one of the reasons of a mature believer uh, one of the things that, that should come out of this as you mature in God, we should be able to know the difference. Come on, right? I mean, it means able to distinguish or characterize whose voice. Okay? To be sensitive and dialed in or tuned in. Maybe that's an old, old phrase there. It used to be, you know, back in, anyway, back. Old radios, you know, you had to dial in. And I remember you going down the road, you know, Anybody else remember that? I am not that old. You know, everything's digital now. Push a button. You know, but used to be, man, you had to sit here and fiddle with it to get it to kind of, you know, and even as you kind of went down the road, you kind of had to sometimes even turn the knob just a little bit just to make sure you hook up and get tuned in. Amen. Well, this is kind of what knowing His voice and, uh, you know, not, you know, you know, or pardon me, being able to discern between the voice of your God, the good shepherd, come on, and the voice of a stranger or uh, the enemy, however you want to word it, the thief in this te- in this in this case. Now, okay, doing good. Now put verse ten up. We'll kind of jump down through here a little bit. Okay, the thief. Now we'll get this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So you know it might sound good at first. But his, whole, his only mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, Jesus makes it clear. He said, but I've come that you may have life and that they may have what? Have that life more abundant. Amen. Now, you can determine what, what side of the comma you want to live on there. Um, that's your choice. Uh, you can just say, okay, I've come and I have life. I'm, 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 I'm heaven bound. Um, I got fire insurance. I'm not going to hell. And, and leave it at that. Or you can say, I'd rather have the other side of the comma here, the right side of the comma, and have that life and have it more abundantly. Now, that's your choice. Now, the contingency 
that, you know, whether we're going to have this abundant life or not is going to be based on the things we're talking about in the area of are you going to be discerning enough to know with one voice from the other? Because if we're not going to, if we're not going to give heed to the voice of the good shepherd, it means you're giving heed to another voice. Come on, somebody. And you have to understand that that one is a thief. And they've come to do nothing but steal to kill and to destroy. The best way to sum this up is the thief comes to take life. The good shepherd has come to give life, okay, an abundant life. Now, it's contingent on whether you're going to give heed or hearken or give ear and then follow when you hear. When the good shepherd talks. I mean, that's a fact. Um, you know, we get going along and, and uh, because we get in a hurry or because we're distracted or because sometimes, you know, well, you know, the past sometimes can play a part in this. You know, things have happened the way it's always been. So something happens or something's said and we, in, we instantly run to the something previous or something back there, yesterday, yesteryear, yester decade, and we assume and then we we make, you know, you know, we we make a decision or we say things or we react or whatever. And what happens is we didn't take the time to just get quiet and let the good shepherd speak. Amen. Let him lead. Am I going too fast? I don't think so. Okay, um, put, uh, put John 12, uh, I think I gave you a reference out of John 12. You can put that up on the board. Let's look at something here. Um, now, this is Jesus talking to the Father. He says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, because he knows what's coming up here. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. All right. So in other words, not my will, but your will be done. Now, this is before he's even in the garden. Come on, somebody. He's already got warfare, mental warfare going on because he knows what he should be doing. Go to chapter 13 and put verse 3 on the board. Now, listen, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, come on, and that he had come from God and was going to God. In other words, the bottom line of what it says right there is he knew who he was, he knew where he came from, he knew where he was going. And a couple of verses earlier it says he even knew the hour he was in. Now back to chapter 12, verse 27. Okay, Now he knew who he was. But I'll tell you what. Whew. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't complicated. You're going to give your life. It's not complicated. You're going to give your life. It's not complicated. But how many of those are a little bit of mental warfare going on with this? All right, now, so the Lord help, or the Father helps him out here a little bit, just like he helped you out. Okay, verse 28. Verse 28. Father, 
glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it, in other words, his name, and will glorify it again. In other words, what you're doing is a right thing, a good thing. Keep on, son. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's exactly what's going on. Verse number 29. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard, everybody say they heard. Everybody say they heard it. They heard it. So it was an audible voice. They all heard it. But some said that it had thundered. Honey, get on the iPad and see. Is there a storm coming? Natural reasoning. Listen, listen, listen. This is how this stuff works. Because sometimes he's talking and we're going... thunder and then other times an angel has spoken to him so somebody at least was trying to be spiritual right and that's 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 going in the right direction but verse 30 says that he knew who spoke Jesus answered, said the voice did not come because of me but for your sake so some people thought it thundered some people thought Tinkerbell said something to him Well, you know, some people, that's about as far as it goes spiritually. You know. You still with me? I'm serious. Okay, I'm just talking about discernment. And some people don't pick it up. And, you know, they maybe try to be spiritual about some things. But in all honesty, it was the Father talking to him. Jesus knew it. Jesus discerned it. Okay? Now, we know, you know, later on, it's all recorded here in the Gospel of John for you and me. So, John... I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, picked up on it and recorded it for you and me to, to see. And so, uh, you know, obviously he got it. He got it. Okay. But the point is not everybody does get it because God talks and speaks and somehow we talk it away. Well, it's just thunder. Somehow, you know, we kind of we try to spiritualize something, but at the same time we get off. Come on, because it wasn't an angel that spoke to him. There were times angels did speak to people, but that wasn't an angel that spoke to him there. But, amen, he knew exactly who spoke to him. Hmm. Now, back to chapter 10, verse 10, please. Whew. The thief doesn't come except but to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. One, I think, translation, I think it's the Amplified, says, to the full, till it overflows. Now, um, I thought it was worthy of taking a look a little bit at this. These are things that we've touched on before, but, um, you know, the difference between the abundant life or not is going to be based and contingent on the fact whether you're going to hear and you're going to follow it. Are you going to be able to discern? Because it's key. Okay, somebody said, well, well, man, what if I don't discern it right? Well, then... Let's do what it takes to discern it right. So, you know, time spent with him. Remember, there is, there, when you go through the, the Gospels, especially, actually you go through the, you go through 
Old covenant, new covenant, it, it almost doesn't matter where you go with it. Every instruction he gave somebody was some simple little thing. Amen. They had to fight through the warfare, the mental warfare of it, but it was simple deals. Master, my, I lost the axe head off my axe. It was borrowed. What do I do? Well, grab a stick and throw it in the water. Say what? Grab a stick and throw it in the water. Dude. <laughs> Axe head. Iron. Steel. Whatever. It don't float. Throw a stick in the water. Was there anything complicated about that? Took a stick, threw it in. That axe head floated to the top. You don't think God still wants to do those things? Moses, lift your rod and part the sea. Now, you got to get the picture, because first off, he turns and tells all the people, because now we're up against the sea, and here comes the enemy. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> now, Charlton Heston wouldn't do this, this other part. He would do that, because that's cool. But he turns, and the Scripture says, God said to him, why are you whining? So he turns, says this to the people. He turns and goes, what the heck are you doing to me? <laughs> Stop your whining. And then he says to him, lift up your rod, amen, your hands, and part the sea. God, I mean, could you imagine, people are standing back. They probably didn't even hear that whole conversation. It was just and Moses recorded it. You know, God still wants to do these things. But we're so busy, we won't take the time and discern when God's trying to do something. And then we try to carry it out in our own strength. And then... Our walk in God loses its punch. And I'm not talking about Kool-Aid. So what happens is we're out here constantly doing everything in our own strength, saying that we believe God and that we love God, and the whole time God's trying to walk you through things and show you things. We won't take the time to discipline ourselves to settle down, be still. Come on, let Him talk, let Him lead. And then follow it when he does give us a word. Still with me? Now, what's contingent, verse 10 again, what's contingent, well, what happens as a result of it is the abundant life. The enemy isn't going to steal, is not going to kill, not going to destroy. Huh? Because what? You're not, you're, not, you're not giving heed to that voice. Instead, you're giving heed to the good shepherd. You're walking now in life and life more abundant, praise God. 
So let's look at several other references before we let you go here today. Um, for instance, let's go to, uh, I think I might have put uh, Hebrews, put Hebrews 7 up there. Hebrews, oh, pardon me, 3 7. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, okay, now that's a word uh, coming out of uh, Psalms 95, which was actually talking about the children of Israel, what God instructed them, because God was trying to lead them day by day. That was the problem. They didn't want to be led. They, they just want God. They just wanted, first off, they just wanted relief. It was always about relief. Okay, now we're thirsty. Now we're hungry. Now we need this. Now we need that. And God constantly did and tried to walk them and lead them, amen, to learn, to discern, come on, to walk this thing, amen, so they could walk in the blessing and not the curse. Now, get this, okay. Uh, let's see here. I was going to skip on through. Let's go to uh, chapter, now let's, that's saying the same thing, also 4, 7 saying the same thing. Um, let's go to uh, chapter 12, Karen. Put chapter 12 up there and verse 25. Because he's dealing with, with this throughout the book of Hebrews. And he says this, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Now he's talking to you and me. For if they did not escape, talking about the children of Israel, they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? So the point is, he's still speaking, he's still talking, he's still trying to lead, and he's trying to let you know that even though you're under a new covenant, and even says just a few chapters prior, a better covenant established on better promises, but you still have to be led. He still wants to speak on a daily basis to walk you through this thing called life, to help you. That's never changed. That part's never changed. Are you still with me? Now, the cool thing about the new covenant, whew, the blood of Jesus, whew, the mercy of God, whoo. Because, man, we need it. Because there's a lot of times we're, you know, we're just too thick scold or something, man, just ain't giving ear to it or something, or just refusing this or that because of how it looks or how we feel. And then what happens is we end up in the same boat. Come on, unless you repent, we end up in the same boat. That's what he's trying to say here. You end up in the same condition the children of Israel ended up in. He says, don't think that that wouldn't happen to you. Now, what happened to the children of Israel? They wandered in a wilderness for 40 years. The scriptures are clear. They're plain. God did not intend for his people to be wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. That was not his intention. They chose that. It was their choices. And it came down to them not willing to follow when he tried to lead them. So he said, fine, you stay in the wilderness. Your, your, your next generation, they'll go in and take the promised land. And he picked the 40 years based on the 40 days that the spies went in. Come on, read the book. That's why they wandered 40 years. And they died in the wilderness, that generation. Now, nobody likes that part. But the contingency, again, from abundant life versus a miserable life, Come on, somebody. Uh, the contingency between the wilderness and uh, the promised land is all contingent on hearing and following. Deuteronomy. Put that up. Deuteronomy 28. Let's try that one. A common, common text. This works here. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Now, uh, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice 
Uh-oh. The voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commands. Amen. It literally means commands or utterances again, which I command you today. Amen. That the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Okay. Now that same people he's talking to ended up dying in a wilderness. Did God lie to him? Didn't lie to him. He just said, listen, this is, this is the difference. Hear me, follow me. Know the difference between my voice and their voice, or the enemy's voice. Come on, somebody. Okay, verse 2, please. And all these blessings. How many like the blessing? Yeah. All seven of you. How many like the blessing? Yeah. I love the blessing. Woo! 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 I love the blessing. Bless coming in, bless going out, bless in the city, bless in the country, bless my fields, bless my home. Hey, 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 higher, 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 I'm going up, going down. I'm the head, not the tail, above on nobody. Now, all right, so I like the blessing, you like the blessing, everybody likes the blessing, even the world likes the blessing. The world even likes it when you walk in the blessing because somehow or another they get benefit out of it. Now, they'd rather have it for themselves, but hey. So all these blessings should come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because, 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 because. That's the contingency. That's the difference maker. Put verse uh, 15. Let's try that one. Let it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commands. Uh, and his statutes, and I command you today, or that I command you today, that all these, oh, yuck, curses will come upon you and overtake you. Oh, who likes the curses? Who hates the curses? Now, if you go on and you read further on, of course, it tells you all the different things that, that what, what entails as far as the curse. From verse 16 on. Nobody wants to curse. Nobody likes to curse. Everybody hates to curse. The world hates to curse. The church hates to curse. Everybody hates to curse. Nobody likes to curse. Everybody likes the blessing, period. So he says, listen, so make a choice. You make a choice. He says, choose life. Right? Come on. Choose the blessing. That you and your descendants may live because everybody's going to benefit from you walking in the blessing. Now, whew, it's contingent. Put uh, chapter 11. I think it's like, uh, yeah, there it is, verse 21. I don't think I gave you 22, but verse 21. Let your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which uh, the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. Here we go. Like the days of the heavens above the earth. Days, one translated like days, like heaven on earth. And Jesus, you know, Jesus, the model prayer, he said that. Pray that, you know, my Lord, our Lord, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Now it goes on, verse 22, it says it's contingent on follows. He says, then follow me. You want days like heaven? Follow me. Now you still with me? You want the blessing? Follow him. You want the abundant life? Follow Him. You want the promised land and not the wilderness? Follow Him. That, it just, it just, it's just simple. Hear and follow, hear and follow, hear and follow. So discern the difference because you want to make sure you're hearing the right voice and following the right voice. Okay, put uh, Proverbs 14 and 12 up. Praise God. Give her a hand clap. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. There is a way that seems right. It seems right, but its end is the way of death. Now, we have a many a times have pulled this verse up because it, it kind of it, it doesn't matter how old we are, how long we've been going. It doesn't matter how, you know, how, how far back Proverbs was written. That just is just good, sound doctrine. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends up, it ends up in the way of death. Now, the word death, okay, means the place of Hades, literally. So it means this, okay? If you just do what you think's right, somewhere along the line you're going to end up like life like hell on earth. It's exactly what it means. Now, just thought it was worthy of bringing up because I think, what would you rather have? Days like heaven on earth or days like hell on earth? Now, we have a lot of Christians. Listen, we're not condemning anybody. But we have a lot of Christians that are, that are saved. They're going to heaven. They've made a decision for Christ. But they don't live like days like heaven on earth. It seems more like a little bit like, a, you know, like hell. And I've had a lot of people tell me, well, you know, the earth is like hell itself. I'm telling you, you know, no, no, not, it's not how it was designed. I mean, we may experience a little bit of that mess here and there, and, uh, but the contingent thing or the, the thing that determines the difference is whether we're going to follow God or not. See, that's the warfare. It seems right. Somebody says something, or, you know, or I'll do it this way. Uh, how about this? God talks to you about doing this or doing that, but, you know, you start going, that don't seem right. That don't seem right. So I'm going to do this instead because it seems right. Because God must not know what he's talking about. Throw a stick in the water and make what? I don't think you know what you're talking about. Part in the sea? I mean, you can imagine they're coming up to the sea and they're thinking, now either God doesn't have a clue or Moses isn't really following. Because it doesn't seem right that God would deliver us out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt, just to put us here in front of a sea and our enemy barreling down our back. That just doesn't seem right. Why was it right? Because in about a half a day or less, and you know, so many hours here, because it took a lot, probably a little bit of time to get everybody across that thing, you're not going to have any more enemies. So if you want to run around the sea because it seems right, or take the time to go back to that little forest area we saw and let's carve out a canoe. Because it seemed right. Come on. 
or just go back. There you go. That's what they said every time. Why don't we just go back to Egypt? At least there. Short memory. Remember, is it short memory loss? What do we call it? Come on. The point is, it didn't seem right. So through a word and through an action of a leader, a sea parts, they literally go across, it says, on dry ground. So we know it's 100% a working of God, but it took through a course of direction based on a word to a leader, come on, or to an individual, we could say it that way, who followed it, who then produced a man, or literally we could say gave God room to move, instead of having a thief, amen, given place to the enemy or given place to God. Come on, somebody. So now all of a sudden God shows up strong. They all go across the sea, amen, and the enemy thinks, well, they're all going across. Let's just follow right across this thing. So they follow, and of course, what happens? They turn, they get over on the other side, amen. The sea closes in on their enemy, no more enemy. Come on, somebody. So then they start playing their little song on their green tambourine, amen. <laughs> Giving God praise. Now, the point is, is God wants to show up all the time and show himself strong all the time. So the difference in, in these cases, and there's more, but the difference in these cases is hearing and following, amen, and being able to discern between the voice of the good shepherd versus the voice of a stranger, amen. So, it, you know, we have to be willing to give God place. One of the biggest things that determines um, development in discernment is being willing to do the little things when God leads, I'm serious. It's the little things. See, we just, what happens is we don't follow in the little things and we think they're insignificant. And God says, that ain't insignificant. You know, I always use as an illustration when I talk about these things, about if God told you to wear red socks to work, you better wear red socks. Well, I don't have a pair of red socks. Then go borrow a pair or go to Fred Myers or somewhere and buy a pair. Come on, somebody, and wear them to work. Well, that just seems silly. That's just stupid. I know it doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, who in their right mind wore red socks? Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> who would wear red socks, especially to work? Well, the guy at work who's in an argument with God saying, well, I tell you what, you make Rick wear red socks today, and I'll believe every word. God says, hey, Rick. Wear red socks. And Rick says he's got a pair now. <laughs> Double emoji. <laughs> the point is that we don't, a lot of times, we don't, we don't have, because it doesn't seem right. But there's times there's things going on, and sometimes it's just a leading and follow, and all of a sudden God shows up. He gets to work, somebody goes, you're wearing red socks. Yeah, the Lord told me to put on red socks today. Okay. Why don't you tell me about this Jesus fella? 
Amen. Greatest miracle that ever happened, somebody coming into the kingdom. Amen. So a lot of times we don't, you know, it doesn't seem right, some things, but usually it's just simple instruction, nothing complicated about wearing red socks. Come on. But because it don't seem right, we war with it, and we try to make a decision based on what seems right. Because we might have said this. We say, God, uh, red just doesn't go with my jeans. So I'm going to wear blue because I like blue, and blue makes sense. But you see how you can talk something out? Did it thunder? It must have thundered. Hmm. It's always in little simple things. And if you follow it and do it, it's like, you know, you begin to grow. You begin to develop. And pretty soon you get more and more sharp as far as your, your sensitivity to hear. And everybody wants to be able to have that that moment where God says that, Durst thou knowest, Ieth the Lordeth will telleth youeth somethingeth. We think we'll be all ears. And in most cases, we won't be because we, we can't even follow in the little simple little things. Come on back here, and that's part of your development. You know, Isaiah 50 says this that he woke him morning by morning. Amen. To teach him how to speak and to teach him how to hear. It was a daily process. And you got to be willing to do that. Amen. But you got to be willing to do that. So it goes back to the very first thing. How many believers in the house today? How many in here love God? Amen. Because that's going to be content. I mean, that's going to be part of it, isn't it? Are you really going to love God enough and believe God enough, trust God enough to go ahead and follow when He does speak? Praise God. Did you get something today? Yes. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray and let you go here. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor once again. Thankful for your word and for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us an ear to hear. Hallelujah. That we'll... Hallelujah, that we have an ear that's, that'll hearken. Amen. Hallelujah. That we'll eat, hear with the intent to follow. And Father, I give you praise for that. Father, I thank you for the many times you have shown yourself strong to this people. And Lord, for the many times yet to come, we give you praise for that. We thank you, Lord God, that the same works that you did, amen, we're going to do, praise God. The same things, the same way, all that, the way it worked there is the way it works now. So, Show us, speak to us, lead us, and we choose to follow. Hallelujah. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.